You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Built on the Rock, a radio show dedicated to helping couples, engaged, dating, and married couples to build their marriages and relationships on the rock that is Jesus Christ. I'm Father Brito Berkmans. I'm here with our co-host, Sandy Labouvi. Good morning, Sandy. Good morning, Father Brito. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's a beautiful day. I hope it is for you. And uh, I get excited about this time of the year, you know, because growing up in a country like India, which is not predominantly Christian, Christmas was only within our home, but in America, it is everywhere. And it starts at the beginning of November. I'm just gonna say it comes pretty soon, doesn't it? But I can't believe we're already here at this time of the year. How does time seem to pass faster and faster as we, as we age? Are you noticing that too, or is it just me? Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe that I've been retired for five months now, and time seems to go fast. Even in my retirement, it doesn't seem to be slowing down a lot. It's probably a good thing. Keeps you out of trouble, and there is certainly lots of good work for you to still do. So that's great. That's great. So what are your plans for Christmas, Father Berto? You have family coming to visit? Oh, a couple of my niece and a nephew who are in other parts of the country they're going to be coming over. And then on Christmas day, I'll be driving up to Green Bay to be with my brother and his family, which will be nice. I haven't seen them in a little bit. So I think the whole family will get together on Christmas day. So that is everything my... sounds wonderful about that, except the Green Bay piece. Just I know something about those words don't sit well with the Chicago girl. But anyway, that sounds wonderful. I know. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably end up with a quiet Christmas here at home. Um, just, uh, you know, the few of us hanging out, celebrating and family, as you know, is quite far away. So that's kind of difficult at times like this, um, when you can't necessarily be with those that you, you love and would love to celebrate the holidays with. Yes. But thanks to technology, we have ways to kind of bridge that gap, just like right now, as we, um, you know, go ahead and host this show from, from your home studio in in Huntley. Yes. <laughs> and on that note, I think it might be a good time to introduce our couple who is joining oh, us all the way from Minnesota. Yeah, um, but it is for you and me, it is like a reunion. I mean, oh. this wonderful couple that we knew them as individuals, now we don't know them as couple. And they were wonderful people, even when they were just students at the U of I. And now they are parents, they are, they are a couple. I think they have a lot to share with us, I believe. 
I'm really excited for this interview. So without further ado, let us welcome David and Karen Grapel. Thank you so much for joining us today from your home studio in Minnesota. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great. Thanks so much for having us. Oh, we're doing well. It's great to see you again. And we do share the same comment, Sandy, about Father Brito's Green Bay. Uh, <laughs> oh, my yeah. oh, yes, <laughs> David. I'm Minnesota. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but that's because you're a Bear fan, right? This has nothing to do with uh, the Vikings. We have had a conversion as Vikings fans, but we share the same uh, thoughts on Green Bay. Although so. we are both from Illinois, we have I lived know. for long enough where we have adopted the Minnesota Vikings, I'm sad to say. Well, if you have lived there that long, I suppose you have to do that. That's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, in the way the Bears are playing, it makes it easy to do that too, I have to admit. <laughs> but enough football discussion. So we always like to open our show, which as um, Father Brito said at the introduction, is really just about um, couples helping couples. Like what can we learn from couples who have marriages that are successful? Um, what tidbits of um, advice might you have to share with other couples? Um, so we would like to begin though first by just sharing your story of how you came to be Karen and David Grapple. We knew you as David Grapple and Karen Fleming just a few years ago. <laughs> and um, yeah, tell us how that story evolved um, for our listeners' benefit. Father Brito and I got to walk alongside you for some of that, but uh, take us from the very beginning. <laughs> so we, just a little background on this. So we've been married 22 years. We have four kids, um, 13, 15, 17, and 20. And we met, as Sandy was saying, at the University of Illinois. We didn't date in college, but we knew one another from the Newman Center, which is how we know Father yes. and Sandy. But what a great place to meet um, where faith is already the thing that you have in common that's already brought you together. And so you already know something about who this person is just by the fact that you have encountered them in this setting where you're all seeking the Lord, seeking holiness, seeking to grow in virtue. But then David, who's older than I am, uh, graduated. And I thought, that's kind of a bummer. He's moving to Minnesota. I've never been there. He seems like a really nice guy. <laughs> and so I, I moved up to Minnesota by myself, didn't know anyone in the state. And I was yearning for a community like we had back at the University of Illinois at the Newman Center. And so it wasn't three years later when Karen had an opportunity for an internship at the same company where I work. And so she uh, accepted an internship and moved to Minnesota for the summers. And so we hung out those two summers because he, uh, he was just really welcoming. He had known what it was like to move to a new place and not know anybody. And he said, this is a parish I go to. I play guitar, maybe you can join us, uh, I sing. And so we just had two summers where we hung out a lot and really went from kind of being acquaintance friends, more casual friends to really being really close friends. And then when I took a job up here and moved up here permanently after college, um, then we started dating, we got engaged and we just celebrated our 22nd anniversary this fall. Mm -hmm. so, Congratulations. Congratulations. I mean, what a... What a beautiful way to meet, you remember? I mean, I, I always feel that meeting in the place, in the house of the Lord, what a, that is kind of a union that is blessed by God, I believe. Not that others are not, 
But I think there's a much better place to meet someone at the Newman Center, in the church, in a parish community than anywhere else. So you guys did right. <laughs> well, we were, we were blessed by that. And it, I, I do believe it was the Lord that brought us together at the University of Illinois, at the Newman Center, at the Catholic Chapel there at just the right time. But then it wasn't apparent we were we didn't become a couple until we were in Minnesota. So it was the yeah. Lord's providence that brought us together. You're right. I was gonna I was gonna ask a question kind of about what you just touched on. Is it maybe it's not an easy one to answer, but at what point did you realize this is more than just a wonderful friend? You know, um, so I think we would both say I realized it first. <laughs> um, but one thing we all I, tell to younger people we'll tell to our own kids that's really important i think as particularly as women is um not to over pursue that there's something in each man that wants to be the pursuer and if you as a woman over pursue it takes some of um that element of the relationship away from the man and i really knew i, I was confident that david was the one for me and he didn't have to really think about it because I was always there, always pursuing him. Um, and it wasn't until one night we had a phone conversation, super unexpected. And he's just saying, I'm not really sure what I think. And we actually broke up over the phone. But then he was so sad and so devastated. But the next morning, I called her and I said, hey, how about lunch? So we were supposed to take an extended period of time just away from each other. Uh, I said, how about lunch? And so we went out to lunch and we had we had lunch on this dock by a lake. And it was then we both knew that we were going to get married. Get married. That's yeah. right. But it really took him having to realize she matters to me. I couldn't picture my life without her. And he had to realize that on his own, but I wasn't giving him space to do that. Um, so I wouldn't recommend necessarily um, the uh, try the breakup to see if it actually brings you closer. <laughs> However, um, that is uh, how it worked and how the Lord worked. And we're grateful 22 years later to be here. So wonderful. So I think, yeah, I think you cleared that up for me. It sounds like so the advice you give is to not over pursue. But it sounds like that comes a little bit from learning maybe a bit the hard way that you felt you actually were over pursuing. And it was necessary to take that step back for David to mm -hmm. kind of. I don't know if you want to say get in the driver's seat, but figure out what it was that he yep. had wanted. Okay, got it. Well, Very I good suppose advice. it means you don't over pursue, but always tell the other person I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. So if you turn to me, I'll be there. So they know that. And the other point you said, Karen, that means a lot. What you said was he has to realize that you really matter to him mm -hmm. and that he cannot live without you. And that realization has to come. And when that comes, I think then you know that this is what it's supposed to be. Yes. I think you guys had that insight. Now, it looks like we need to take a break. So, you know, don't touch the dial. We'll be back. This is Built on the Rock.
As you think about year-end contributions, we at Catholic Charities thank you for considering a donation. 100% of every donation goes directly to our charitable work. Every donation allows us to continue to offer programs and services that affirm, strengthen, and empower those we serve as they work toward becoming self-sufficient. We are financially independent from the Archdiocese of Chicago, and we are proud of our Platinum GuideStar rating as a nonprofit. For more than 100 years, Catholic Charities has been helping homeless, hungry, and troubled neighbors in Cook and Lake counties. We would be honored to have your support in our 2021 year-end appeal. Visit catholiccharities.net to donate or call 312-948-6087. The number again is 312-948-6087. Thank you for being partners with us in the mission of Catholic Charities. Welcome back. Es fabuloso verlos. Dobrze jest znowu być razem. It's good to be together again. After so many months apart, pandemic capacity limits have been lifted, and we want to welcome everyone back to church. We can all pray together again. And listen as our choirs lift their voices in song. We've been together in spirit. And now when you are ready, our doors are open wide. Nuestras puertas están abiertas de par en par. Nasze drzwi są otwarte. And we're here to welcome you back to Catholic Mass. At Catholic Charities, we fight hunger in Chicago throughout the year. Our six regional offices in Cook and Lake Counties work together to offer sit-down and to-go meals to anyone in need. We deliver meals to those who are homebound, and our eight food pantries offer three to four days of food supplies based on household size. Participants in these programs have the opportunity to learn about other Catholic charity services that strengthen individuals, families, and their communities. The challenges for those dealing with food insecurity are especially great during the winter months. To learn how you can help those who are hungry in your neighborhood, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7525. That's 312-655-7525. Thank you for your generosity. I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is continue to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope too, and it's, it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarianfund or call 
Hello and welcome back to Built on the Rock, a radio show dedicated to helping couples, dating couples, engaged couples, married couples, um, to build their relationships on the rock that is Jesus Christ. I am Sandy Labuvi, and I'm here with Father Britto Berkmans, our host of the show. And we also have with us our delightful couple, Karen and David Grapple, joining us from Minnesota. So before the break, we were getting to know a little bit about how Karen and David had met back at the university and their um, friendship that had developed after David had graduated and moved away. Um, and ultimately how they ended up becoming a couple and got married. And they had uh, talked about the uh, Karen's advice not to over pursue. I just couldn't help but think over the break how that's, it's so reflective of God's love for us, isn't it? I mean, he loves us with this passion, but he allows us to have a role in that. He doesn't force that love upon us. So I think there's just so much wisdom in what you had shared with us. Um, what I'd love to do now, Karen and David, if we could take it from the moment you had gotten married and then just tell us a little bit about the early years of your married life and the growth of your family. Um, yeah, we'd love to hear more about that. Sure. I think one of the things that we would say that someone encouraged us to do as a married couple that we have done ever since uh, is something called a husband-wife meeting. Some people call it couple time, um, but it's the idea of sitting down once a week together to talk through the major areas of life. And at first, when we were a newly married couple, we thought, what, we, we need like a, a, a meeting or a, a time to like, we talk all the time. But then as we started having our four lovely children, life speeds up uh, and we live in a fast paced world. And if you are not intentional to carve out time, it just doesn't happen. And so, um, so for us, this has been a, a huge thing that we were encouraged to do and we continue to do. So, um, so David can talk a little bit about what we do during that time. Right. So our, our structure of our, we'll call it husband wife meeting. Uh, we start with a prayer and it's always good to start your, uh, time together with prayer as a foundation. And then we do something called, we honor each other, which is a little more than a compliment and honoring looks like me recognizing something that Karen has done in the past week or something about her that I love about her, that she's a caring person as an example. And I affirm her for that. And what a way to build up a marriage by affirming your spouse. Mm. Uh, we talk about intimacy. We talk about uh, unresolved conflict. Uh, we talk about our kids. Uh, we talk about finances. We talk about schedule. So all of that wrapped together is what we call a husband and wife meeting. And it's a time to talk about the key areas of marriage just to keep everything on track. So, and this is totally separate from a date night. So these are a little bit businessy, but they're fun. Sometimes we've done glasses of wine. Sometimes we've had a snack, um, but, but it's really a time for us to be intentional and not let an area go undiscussed for a while. So something doesn't catch you off guard. So as parents, we're talking about this is sort of coming up, or there's this thing we're talking about with one of our kids. Let's make sure we're on the same page. We're unified on it. Um, but then honoring is just huge. It really gives me a mind to just be aware over the course of the week. I, I want to remember to thank him for that and to honor him for that. We had a huge snowfall the other day here in Minnesota and he was just upright and early um, snow blowing the 15 inches that we got so we could all get outside. 
And um, so just little things like that, but it gives you more of a mind where you're looking for the good, looking for ways to honor. And we also try to carry some of those traditions of honoring into our family life as well. And that's been a huge blessing for our kids and our family to have moments on birthdays, special occasions, Mother's Day, Father's Day, et cetera, where we honor people as a family and just to carry that beyond just our time as a couple, but into family life has been a huge blessing. Beautiful. So. I mean, I got to tell you guys, um, you know, when I prepare couples for marriage, I always tell them to set up a weekly ritual of meeting for one hour a week at the same time and to talk to each other about each other. But you actually, you have given me more things to share with them. This honoring thing is amazing. Yes. You know, because instead of starting out with, you know, I have this problem with you, you start with, I appreciate this about you. I honor you for this. That's beautiful. You and guys. Alberto, that's exactly why we put it second after prayer, because yeah. it builds up your marriage and you start off your meeting in that way. Great. Amazing. Just out of curiosity, how long does this husband-wife meeting typically run? Just on a real practical. Yeah, so I would say, depending on what we kind of have to talk about, 45 minutes to an hour. Now, if we have had like crazy weeks, we're now and then Wednesday nights are usually our time. And if we've had stuff like creep in on a schedule on a Wednesday and all of a sudden it's been a little bit longer, it might take a little bit longer. But um, what I have found, what we both have found, but especially I think for uh, a woman, all of a sudden you leave that time and you think, oh, we are connected. Like, like, well, like you just feel like, oh, we're on the same page. This is great. And then for a guy, you kind of think, check, 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 checking boxes where we check the finance, we're on the same discussion, finance schedule, we're on the same page, you know, anyway, so like it, it serves, it serves our marriage, but it does different things for each of us as to kind of how we're wired as men and women, but it's just been a huge asset. We're super grateful for people who encouraged us and still continue to encourage us to do this. Hmm. I love how doable it is. You're not talking half a day. I mean, when you have four children, I, I'm not that I'm opposed to that. Karen, I, I can relate to the relational side of, of the fulfillment of that time together, but sometimes practically speaking, it's really difficult. And I would imagine with four kids who are probably involved in different things, um, your time is at a minimum, I would guess. And yeah. I'd like to kind of maybe follow up with that with a question. How do you prioritize time or how have you, even in the early years when you're a new couple um, and now you have four children and you're trying to make it all work? Do you have any thoughts or advice you give on how to do that well? Um, one thing we'll try to always put in is a date night, which is totally separate from our husband wife meeting time, right? Your date night, this is your fun. This is remembering like you're, you're fun to be with. We love to do these things. This, you know, like what do we love to do as a couple? Because we don't want to get to the end of our kids being out of our home and think, well, I don't know what we like to do. So we want to still continue to remember, we love to golf together. We like to do things together. We like to play games together. We like to go out to eat. So to continue to do that. But sometimes, especially when our kids were small, we would try to do two dates a month, one in, one out. But we kind of had a rule for our in dates. They couldn't all be movies. Um, movies are nice. We love movies, right? Movies are fun. But um, movie is not super interactive and engaging. They're fun to watch. But so we would have a rule if we watched a movie on our last end date, next end date, um, we're going to play a game. We're going to do something else just to make sure it's just too easy. And we kind of had to have it planned in advance because otherwise, especially when you have little kids, you're just tired. You get them to bed. You think, oh, I just want to watch a movie in bed with you, which is lovely. But we would have to have planned in advance. We're going to take a game night tonight. This is the game we're going to play. That's what we're going to do. 
So that's a, um, but that was really helpful for us to have a date in, date out. Your dates out don't have to be expensive. We didn't have tons of extra money when our kids were growing up. What would you say for dates? Anything? No, I, I think they're really important and a time to connect. Uh, super, because as Karen mentioned, when the kids are out of the house, you want to know and be comfortable with relating to each other. So it's not just two parents parenting, but it's a couple walking through life together. And it's also important for us that our kids know we do these things because they're seeing um, we love you, but our relationship has to be first and foremost because our family life flows from that. So they know that we take date nights, not that we don't love them, um, but we but this is important for us. And they know that we do husband wife meetings and they understand that. So that also hopefully is a witness to them of our who we are in our family. Hmm. Okay, um, do you guys have anything about parenting? Um, any wisdom to pass on? About parenting? Yeah. Lots of prayer. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of prayer. In, in all sincerity, uh, I would say that each child is different. And to understand that and to, to realize that first, but secondly, to use your spouse as a sounding board to discern how to approach each child so that that they grow into a mature child of God. And I think also we have other couples that I would say we're running with, like these other great couples that we are in a small group with, that we're good friends with, and now and then we can just say, so we're sort of trying to figure this out. What, what, what do you think? So, um, important. so, so to have other couples, other families who are trying to seek the Lord, seek holiness that you run with, um, that can also encourage you and support you is huge. So it is the Catholic way of saying it takes a parish to raise a child. Yes. <laughs> Amen. A village. <laughs> so, well, Boy, you guys, we could keep talking for a long time because you have so much to offer. I tell you, it's been such a delight having you, of course, not only because reconnecting with you, knowing you when you guys were young undergraduates and now these accomplished professional couple married parents. It's okay. such a joy to see you, David and Karen. I'm sure Sandy will agree. Oh, absolutely. And I can't believe we're already nearing the end of our show. I. I can't believe it. I'm sorry. I feel like we need to bring them back. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe we should do that. We may reach out to you again. You guys, thank you so much for the insights you've shared. And the time flew way too quickly. I think we barely touched on the surface of things. But as we know, all good things must come to a close. So um, in, in closing our show, we usually like to um, end with a prayer. Um, but uh, this time we're going to end with a reflection on Christmas. And this is called Keeping Christmas. So the late American author and educator Henry Van Dyke wrote an essay on keeping Christmas, and in part it reads like this. Are you willing to forget what you have done for other people and to remember what other people have done for you? To ignore what the world owes you and to think what you owe the world. To see that your fellow men are just as real as you are. To try to look behind their faces to their hearts, hungry for joy to close your book of complaints against the management of the universe and look around you for a place where you can sow a few seeds of happiness. Are you willing to do these things even for a day? Then you can keep Christmas. Are you willing to stoop down and consider the needs and desires of little children? 
to remember the weakness and loneliness of people who are growing old, to bear in mind the things that other people have to bear in their hearts, to trim your lamp so that it will give more light and less smoke and to carry it in front so your shadow will fall behind you, to make a grave for your ugly thoughts and garden for your kind feelings. Are you willing to do these things even for a day? Then you can keep Christmas. Are you willing to believe that love is the strongest thing in the world, stronger than hate, stronger than evil, stronger than death? Then you can keep Christmas. And you keep it for a day, why not always? It's a beautiful reflection by Henry Van Dyke. So we wish all our listeners a blessed Christmas and a graceful new year. May the babe of Bethlehem bless you and your loved ones and watch over you in the new year. Thank you, Karen and David and Sandy. We will be there next time with our listeners. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas, Karen and David. Merry Christmas, Father Virto. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, all of you. Yes.